You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The Kari Feinstein Emmy Style Lounge at the world-famous Mondrian Hotel on Sunset Boulevard. And streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV's Boardwalk Empire Edition. We'll break down the first season and get you all the latest news and gossip, including the show's Emmy nominations. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's AfterBuzz TV's Boardwalk Empire Edition. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to After Buzz TV. Um, we are, I'm sitting here with Bethany, Tam, and Michelle, and we're here to talk about Boardwalk Empire. We are live from the gifting suites for the Emmy TV Awards oh, that are on, fabulous, yeah, on this weekend. After Buzz is here are all uh, for the next two days, broadcasting to you live. Um, from from this amazing room in the Mondrian Hotel on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, um, where lots of people involved in the Emmy Awards uh, come past and uh, get to interact and uh, check out some cool products and whatever. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Season 1 Boardwalk Empire, nominated for 18 Emmy Awards, already won seven at the Creatives last week. And Season 2 kicking off on a very special day, September the 25th, which also happens to be my birthday. Oh, that is a special day. So, um, all of you are watching us out there on Ustream or listening to us on iTunes, um, mark that in your calendars. Feel free to uh, send, find me on Facebook and wish me happy birthday. Right. Or email info at AfterBuzzTV and send them something. Happy yeah, birthday. that's right. A little happy birthday note. Um, anyway, so look, uh, we're going to do a, we're going to do a bit of a recap on season one. We're going to talk about what really turned us on and if there was anything that turned us off. Though I doubt there was all that much. Um, we're going to talk about the Emmys and we're going to do our standard news and gossip. And as we move forward, it's very possible that at any time. Uh, a celebrity might be uh, hailed down by by John or Phil or, or, uh, or Kev, and we will interview them. So if that happens, you're just going to go with us, and yep. uh, we'll be flying by the seat of our pants. But hey, that's what we do best here. <laughs> that's right. So for those of you that don't remember or have a short-term memory, um, you may remember season one of uh, Boardwalk Empire is all about Nucky Thompson, it's played by um, Steve Buscemi, nominated Steve Buscemi. for Best Actor. And he's a county treasurer of Atlantic City right at the beginning of Prohibition. He's already a corrupt man, but this provides the ultimate opportunity for corrupt business. And um, basically, the season pans out from there. He has a young protege, Jimmy Darmody, just back from the World War, who gets involved in the business himself. He, uh, he creates a widow in Margaret Schroeder, who he takes on and off as a lover. He has Agent Van Alden, um, played by my favourite of, se- of the series, Michael Shannon. Um, who's after him. He develops relationships with the gangsters of New York, Rothstein, Lucky Luciano, Al Capone, John Torrio, and then he has his brother Eli, who he manages to piss off time and time again, and his mentor, the Commodore, who we find by the end of the season are conspiring with Jimmy to uproot him. Sorry I mean, that, there's a very quick kind of... Paul, so sorry to interrupt, but we have Boo Boo Stewart here from Twilight. 
We so have, here we go. Wow, my favorite we ever. We'll definitely get back to that. We have a, tw- a, a Twilight actor? Uh, this is the real deal. Turn up a seat. My name's Paul. I feel like we need sound effects for that. Boo boo. How's it going? These are the girls Bethany, Tam, Michelle. Hey. Welcome to After Buzz TV. So, Twilight. Pretty small deal. <laughs> yeah. Now, can I've you t- tell us it. for those for those of um, our viewers or listeners who might not know um, Twilight Back to Front? Who do you play in the food fo- in the films? I play uh, a character named Seth Clearwater. He's um, he's kind of like the peacemaker of the shapeshifters and the vampires because he's the only character in the movies that wants everyone to get along. So. Right. He just wants everybody to get along. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I love that about you. You, you. you look so sweet. I'm sure. Like, I'm sure you pull it off very well. Uh, so. And it, so you're one of the wolves. Yeah. One of the wolf pack. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Paul, he is one of the wolf packs. I'm sorry. I'm a dedicated Twilight fan. Thank so you. I, Bethany I, I can have here. that a, a little so bit here. So, are you now? At what point in in your journey do you become uh, a werewolf? Because I know that a lot of it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline them more early on but right. it's kind of coming into manhood are you are you does it happen for you later um for seth the character it happens faster than okay. um it actually happened faster than a lot of the others because of what happened to his uh, his grandfather so and his dad so yeah it happens a little faster for him and uh, they don't really tackle that in the movies no you know no. but um you get to see him. I think it's cool seeing myself as a wolf. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing. So do you wear a shirt Ever? in the movie? Ever? Um, <laughs> ever? <laughs> Which I'm not complaining about, but I just um, am wondering. I guess you'll have to see the movie. I guess you will. Now, I just saw, I don't know about you girls, but they just released the Breaking Dawn Part 1 trailer. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah, they yeah, did. Like, literally just a couple oh, of days ago. Oh, I'll have to watch it. You, you'll have to watch it. It looks like there are a lot of a lot of the wolves are yeah. Bella's yeah. pregnant, right. and there's a lot of, it looks like there's going to be some warfare, tribal warfare, yeah. for want of a better word. What about the Emmys? Are you going to the Emmys? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be going to the Emmys. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. Are you guys going to be at the Emmys? Are we going to be at the Emmys? Uh, I'd love to be at the Emmys. No, we're, 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 we're going to be here, though. You might have to crash and go through the back door. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be cuddled up on my couch with a big bowl of popcorn. That's right. And, and front row seats. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the best. Front row seats with a flat screen. I'm terribly curious. Do, do you have an animal that you actually identify with, separate from your character? Um... Like an animal that I have? Yeah, like, or, or did this part come along and you're like, oh my god, I'm a wolf. Hello? You, you know, the funny thing is, my uh, we actually used to have pet wolves. No! Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where where was that? At our, we used to have pet wolves. Your and, family? Uh, yeah. Where, where, where did you live? In the valley. In the valley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. But you had pet wolves. Yeah, we did. And uh, I was like, so I was kind of like... 
the one wolf, actually, I had this blanket I called my bungee for some reason. And I'd sit on the blanket, and when it, and if anyone tried to touch me, the wolf would growl at them. So. Oh wow! wow. So, so it's, it's kind of like, weird that I got this part. Well, it sounds did, like it was meant to be. Did exactly. you tell casting when you went in? Did you tell that story? Like, oh, I by think, the way, I also have some I pet wolves. I think I told them I used to have wolves. Okay. But I don't. I didn't you don't know have the, the story. Did, did they? <laughs> did, and how did it, did you just did you just rock up an audition and you just nailed it? Is that how it happened? Well, like. I wasn't even supposed to audition for the part. Um, I didn't have an audition for it. Luckily, um, my agent got me in on the callbacks. I was like the last to be seen, and um, I went in once, and that was it. Like, congratulations! Really, kind of a life-changing undertaking, right? But you look like a peacemaker. Like I I buy it. I believe that when the vampires and the wolves are fighting, that you'd be like, guys. Stop. Really, let's try to get along. Yeah, you can't have that face. Look at this, look at this footage. It's so sweet. Now we're we're, we're talking about Boardwalk Empire today. Have you ever oh seen my that? Gosh, I love that. Do you you love Boardwalk Empire? Well, I love like gangster. Right. Like, yeah. I love that Stop. whole entire style of movies. Yeah. This is my favorite thing. Horror yeah. films and uh, gangster films. What's your favorite horror film? Friday the Thirteenth. Really? Did you see the remake? Yeah. I did, did you like it? I did. I liked it. Was it, yeah. but not as good as the original, or? Well, it's a remake. It shouldn't be the same. I mean, it should be the same, but I like because you're you're um, you're throwing it out to a different type of audience. Like they remade Nightmare on Elm Street, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I love my that like. One. The, the people my age that are going to go see the movie want to see something scarier and not so as funny as the originals were. Right. So it's all about like playing to the audience that you have now. Yeah. So like of course people that grew up with a, an original series seeing this new one they're going to be like what is this? But people yeah. my age are like oh my god that's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I, it, I, I love it. Well, so it must be being a big horror film fan it must be just a dream come true for you to be in the Twilight movie. It's it's cool to play a, a werewolf. Yeah, that is. Yeah, cool. yeah, that's exciting. Awesome, awesome. Um, all right. Well, it's been really great to talk to you. I am I am Australian. Yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. You be my, I, I get I get New Zealand and British far more than I get Australian. So it's just it's a very New Zealand thing. and and like American and Canadian. Those are the two accents that are like really similar. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, for sure. American Canadian. Well, of course, accent. Xavier Samuel, who's in he's Twilight, Sydney, yeah. is Australian. He's a Sydney boy. Yep, he's and really cool. Dude. He's just going from strength to strength with his career. I yeah, mean, really nice guy. Really, and yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty talented, and not bad looking at all. <laughs> this is Xavier Samuel, the Aussie guy's in Twilight. He's, he's very nice. I'm not gonna complain. He plays one of the bad, one of the bad, uh, bad vampires. Actually, I helped kill him in the movie. Do you really? Unfortunately. Because I really, he was a really nice guy. We're, we're not going to hold it against you. No, we're not going to hold it against you at all. All right, young man. Awesome. It's been very nice to meet you. Thank you for talking to us at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you um, if, if you wouldn't mind, before you go, have a word in there and say, "I'm I'm Boo Boo, and I'm you're listening to AfterBuzz TV." Right into the camera. Yeah, go yeah. on, sir. Right into there. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Boo Boo Stewart, and you're listening to AfterBuzz TV. Thanks, man. Uh, Cheers. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Enjoy yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the gifting suites. Yeah. Well. That's exciting. I don't, I don't know where we can go from there, frankly. Once you have a Twilight star at the table... We can have a peak in the first hey, five I'm, minutes. I'm happy Ouch. between Twilight, Game of Thrones, and Boardwalk Empire. Like, that's it for me. You've done it. You've done it all. Yep. For someone who's such a massive fan of two of the dra- like nominated dramas, which, if you, A, what would be your choice if you had to choose between the two, and do either of them have a chance against Mad Men? It's just 
just they're just so different from each I other. Know. It's but so if you hard. had to choose, okay. yeah, if you had to choose between the two, because I know Bethany's a massive fan, you yeah. are too, right? I'm breaking back. I'm, I'm, I just, you I know, sadly, I think that Boardwalk is is going to to win out over Game of Thrones, and not. Not, not because it's it's any better or any worse. I just I just think it has a little more star power behind it. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's that's. Fantasy. I feel like fantasy. An element yeah. of fantasy is always going to have a more difficult run at winning that kind of a drama award. Yeah. yeah. Um, in anything like Academies, Emmys, whatever. Um, but will it beat Mad Men? I mean, we've already uh, cut to the chase here. Yeah, I, 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 I actually have. I have the odds maker. Let's do that whilst we're this, talking right? about it. Let's do so, it. So, uh, for drama series, the odds makers are saying that it's an eighty percent chance that Mad Men is going to win the drama series Emmy. Wow. Eighty percent. Second behind that is Boardwalk Empire with twenty percent, and everybody else is below one yeah. percent. So. Um, Really, Game of Thrones comes in fourth with the averages, Friday Night Lights, which I was a big giant fan of. Yes, comes I love, in last, Friday, Night love Friday Night Lights. I've so really, it's great. probably going to I've, be Mad Men yeah. based on what everybody's I saying. Feel like, um, I, I feel like if anything has a chance of Mad Men, it's Boardwalk. Yeah. But it's, got, it's got its work cut out for it. Yes, indeed. I didn't love this season of Mad Men. I'm sorry. I mean, I love Mad Men. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I just, I just think, I mean, Boardwalk's budget is just so like over the top, blow yes. everything 65 out of the million, water. Right? Is really? For the season? Yeah. Sixty-five I, million dollars. You know, it just, I, it, it, it just kills Mad Men. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Well, and I just, how exciting must that be for all these people who are working within, you know, production design and wardrobe yeah. and, and casting and everything, and to have that kind and of, of budget course, and just the freedom that that brings. I think that's really. And Boardwalk won most of those awards right? at the Creative Emmys. Right? It was nominated for eleven. Yeah. It won seven. Yeah. And I mean, wow. I was going to talk about it later, but we're talking about it now, so let's talk um, about does it. Does anyone the know br- about this? Because I was wondering about what the set. Did they? Did they obviously create the entire set on their own? Of uh, what for Boardwalk? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Absolutely. Sure I mean, that they, they, they built that whole that whole Boardwalk was rebuilt. They brought so in sand. There's this really you can find it on YouTube. There's a really amazing um, time capture. What do they call it? Is it time capture? Slow? Um, where, they, where they have a little camera. Stop motion. Stop, stop, stop motion uh, or whatever. Stop motion or, or time, yeah. lapse. Time, time lapse. Time lapse. Time lapse. Time lapse camera. As they built that boardwalk and brought in the sand. And it's wow. this huge lot. It's a huge lot. That that pilot was 18 million of the 65 million. Whoa. That'd be Did a nice I exaggerate job. that? Was it 10? No idea. Either way, it's a lot. It's a massive amount. It was a huge percentage of the 65. Do they do it? Is it on the ocean or is it in a lot and they've CG'd in the ocean? I think it's in a lot and all of the all of the seas, all of the ocean and and beyond the uh, facade is um, CG. CG. Yeah. Awesome. And you you can sometimes you can see it if you look really hard, but as the I felt like as the series went on, that got better and higher quality. Yeah, Yeah, I I did notice that. That or we were just so used to it that we. We, our, our believability factor just kind of yes, went up. That's yeah, true. yeah. You, 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 one or the other. <laughs> you've been sold it. Oh, also, I wanted to make a shout out to my friend Anna Stone, who was in this season, who was a suffragette. Oh, so, no kidding. Yeah, so that's go great. Ahead. What Fantastic. was she? She was a suffragette. Oh, amazing. That's yeah. brilliant. 
Um, so they did win the Outstanding Art Direction Emmy during the Creative Emmys. So no you know, again, with that kind of with that yeah. kind of budget yeah. and the the ability, the, the creativity that that allows, I'm not surprised by that. So that's great to see. Yeah. Do we think that Bashemi, whilst we're talking Emmys, uh, would that Bashemi will beat Ham, Matt John Ham, um, for Best Actor? I I don't know. I'll tell you again what the odds makers say. Let's see the odds. The odds makers say just, uh, just exactly like the series that John Hamm is an eighty percent chance of winning. Steve Buscemi twenty percent. I want well, Steve Buscemi. Well, of course. What's, what's so fascinating? So, so fascinating about it this year, and we'll probably talk about this later this afternoon yeah, when we yeah. do our Breaking Bad show. So yeah. tune into that if you're into that show. Do. Is that it's the first time in four years that Cranston's not in the in the race? Right. Because Breaking Bad came out too late this That's year right. to qualify, um, and so John Hamm who right. has been, you know, really superb and always up there, never had a chance because Cranston's just so astonishing in he, that he show. absolutely And is. Uh, certainly, I think, from I uh, would have probably, so far been, going on season four, for, probably yeah. would have taken it out because <laughs> yeah, he just yeah. seems to get stronger in uh, every, every episode. Yeah. Having said that, the last season of Mad Men, Ham really got to pull out some stops, though the... Though the season maybe wasn't as strong, he had some he had some moments where he re- was able to show more than he does usually as as Don Draper. And certainly the episode that he nominated himself for is that see, it's that episode where he breaks down. It's him and Peggy. They're out and he's drunk and he he reminisces about his past. And it's one of only the two times I think that we see him crack. I, I, yeah, I, I you have, have to say, I see I see it on your face. Talk. I I, have, I mean, do you, I feel like. He is Don Draper. And whereas with Steve Buscemi, you know, he puts on so many different character jackets. Would you... So it's not so well, here's, much of a stretch for him? I'll tell you, have you, have you seen... I'm asking, what do you think? Have you seen John Hamm on 30 Rock play the goofball? That is more John Hamm than Don Draper. Is it's it? like Cranston. Wait, like Brian Cranston is far more like um, Malcolm in the Middle right in the than middle. he is yeah. Walter oh, White. Yeah. Far more when you see him interviewed. And John Hamm is the same. He's like a klutz. Okay. So it is an acting feat. Um, feat. However, I think what you're getting at is, is perhaps the range that is demonstrated through a season. Yeah. And, exactly. and the jump that Steve Buscemi makes from low status that we've seen him... Like forever somebody. into high status. Did All right. Us? Come and take a seat. We're being joined by a very special guest. Hello. And our guest hello. is. Hi. Hi, Brianna from Wonka. Oh, from Brianna Wonka. from Wonka. Awesome. Welcome to AfterBuzz TV. Hi. What are you here? What are you here to share with us? Ah, so much stuff. So somebody <laughs> tells me it tastes good. Because <laughs> we have a, a very large candy buffet. Um, all the different Wonka candies, Laffy Taffy, Sweet Tarts, uh, Nerd Ropes, Kazoozles, um, Gobstoppers, Green. What, what are Nerd Ropes? That's got me interested. <laughs> can I, can oh, here's I, one here. This Try it. Is an, it's they're, they're quite amazing. This is a nerd. We're gonna we're gonna do this live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the real deal. What? I'm gonna try I nerd rope. You better rope. not eat all of that. I'm not. I'm not really a candy guy, which you can <laughs> tell we by also the way that. Sour nerds. It looks amazing. Very Wonka esque. Oh nerds! Oh, I know nerds. Yes. Like hey Brianna, do you want to show everyone your? I'm your, sorry? Do you want to oh, show everyone your? Are you Look at that. You gotta look at that sign. Oh, oh, and sweethearts too. Oh. What I'd like to know is what's the relationship between Wonka and Willy Wonka? Is there one? As there in like, like the rolled out? There oh. is. Um, Wonka has... Nerve ropes are delicious, by the way. They're That's amazing. delicious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. Let's go to massive blood sugar would. spikes. So if I start talking fast, bear with yeah. me. I want more. That's Go, tasty. Uh, sorry, you don't have to like put it on yeah, your hand. Yeah, well, um, like... Wonk is all about whimsical, and um, so that's why Nerds and Lactassi are perfect for the brand. We also have chocolate as well. Um, all of it's just imaginative candy. And so in that's terms that. of the history, what came first? Did Roldal write Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory and then that, that became a, like, that after that they made candy in that name? Is that how it went? Yes, yes. <laughs> She's also a candyologist. You learn something every day, kids. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the candy. Some more candy. We will. We will. Thank you. Sorry, pardon me. Wow. Oh my goodness. No, I'm gonna keep eating. That is sweet. Burst of flavor. I wanted to say mm. while I have all this in my mouth. Mm. Did anybody find Steve Buscemi really, really attractive as the series went on? Michelle, <laughs> this is interesting news. I thought everybody would say yes. Might be. Well, here's the thing. He took on. He takes on the high status in a way that I've never seen him do it in his career. I mean, he hasn't had that many opportunities because he's, he's so good at, at playing the quirky weirdo with exactly. low status. Second or third, you know. And power, power is sexy. Well, what I really like Isn't about it? him... That's exactly it. Well, what, I, that's exactly it. I think what I really like about him is when he's not in that high status. It's when he's talking to Mrs. Schroeder and he, you could tell that he like, likes... And being so sweet much. to her, right? Yeah, I like the not-so-power, but I like the equals thing. I, I I have a theory that men fall into two categories. Oh, here we go. Okay. Is, here we go. Right. They're either the hero... Or they're the reluctant hero. Yeah. And, and uh, for me, Jimmy is the hero in this tale. Right. And Steve Buscemi just refuses to accept who he is and what he does, and he just feels like a hey. reluctant hero to me. Is that like speaking an of reluctant underdog? heroes? <laughs> look what the cat dragged in. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. So I'm a uh, dermatologist, a board-certified dermatologist. This is my son, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, Hi. Daniel. Um, what are, What are we here to talk? About. Well, I have to say we're both huge fans of Boardwalk Empire. Oh, so, uh, You've come to the right table. You know, it's kind of funny because that was the one thing when, when they asked me before I came here who I wanted to see. I was like, love to meet Steve Buscemi. I would love to meet any of the stars of Boardwalk Empire. They are so. It's such a great show, isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and we're, we would. We were just talking about our hopes for it in terms of awards on the weekend. I can't imagine that they won't win something. I mean, I just, it is such a great show, and it's it's great because it has a historical interest, too. Yeah. So, anyway, so my son and I, Dan, Daniel and I, invented these bombs here. And so, basically, these bombs are bomb, are skin care that has hydrocortisone in it. And the neat thing about it is that it has the ability to take a skin care product, and you can apply it to your skin, and it fixes skin care issues like eczema, psoriasis, like oh, severing wow. dermatitis on your face, and it smells good, it also has an delicious. unfragranced one, and it has a lip balm that is excellent for people mm. that have issues like uh, if they're taking medications for acne that, that are like Accutane, it can help with your lips, or if you just have simple dry lips like happen out here in LA, it's great for that. What is hydrocortisone? Hydrocortisone is a corticosteroid, so it's over-the-counter product, but it is something that actually works. It like supercharges it. So it works really, really well to, to moisten the skin. And so Daniel's idea, Daniel's actually a freshman at Northwestern undergrad. Oh, Daniel is in seventh grade. Go Caps! Yeah. Chicago? That's what I know. You're what? He's a high flyer. Oh, yeah. Go Caps! Yeah, go yeah. Caps! 
All right. Oh, yes. And so uh, basically Daniel said, you know, I have this lip balm, but can we make something that would go for the cracks on the fingers? And so for the last five years, we experimented 54 different formulations until we found the right one. And the right one was amazing because it works on the lips, it works on the face, it works on the body. And so we have the three different formulations, the sizes. So it has the, uh, the pot, we have the stick, and we have the lip balm. And it works great for skin concerns. Now, how do we get this um, if we're not yeah. here in the gifting suite today? Well, it will be available in November this year on my website, lovelyskin.com, or you can go to fixmyskin.com fix and pick skin. it up. Fix my skin. Yep. I have a question. Who did you test the product on? Who did you test the Daniel? product on? Oh, we tested on my patients, actually. And Daniel actually and was Daniel, one of our testers, as was I. So basically, we went through all these formulations to make sure that we had the right formulation for the skin. And it works really nicely because it goes on and it doesn't feel gloppy. It doesn't. It, I put some on my hand. It's, it's t- I can feel like this part of my hand is beautifully moisturized and the rest is like really dry and cracky. But it doesn't feel like sticky or slimy or anything, which drives me crazy. So... Well, there you go I, from the horse's mouth, some guys. Some you did something right. That's the thing that people want. <laughs> the other thing is, Just we also have our Lovely Skin Cleanser here and Lovely Skin Product Lines, which are on our website. But really, the important thing is if you have skincare concerns, you want to get a product that is actually vetted by a dermatologist, me, Yay. and make sure that it's the real thing and it works really well. Go to lovelyskin.com, and we'd love to help you out. Fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you nice so much. You. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank well you. done. Nice Thank you, you so much. Do we get to Thank keep you. these? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I need some I am for my skin. For that, sure. Baby. Are they going to Okay. Um, all right. Awesome. Yeah. Somebody gets to get one of these. Oh, things too. Oh, so, fantastic. Great. Oh my God. Thanks, guys. Thanks. 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 Yeah. Well, everyone gets surprised. Yeah. We're getting candy. I see. A, I feel like I see a true blood star out over there, and I could be wrong. And I'm maybe I'm wrong. But true blood. See? That just finished. The season just finished. I know. I know. Did you enjoy that? I didn't catch all of it. I was busy getting married, but um, she just got married, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations! Off the market, boys. <laughs> it's good news. Anyway, five hundred people just turned this off. Five hundred <laughs> people just. Let's, no, um, let's get back to boardwalk with the time yes, that we've got please. left. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. of course, and let, let's let's wrap up the Emmy talk by saying um, Scorsese probably a shoe in for best director. Right. 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 The question is, is he winning it just because of his name? That's a great question. I, I'll be honest, I love the pilot episode. I thought it is was some of my favorite, some of the best work that I have seen him do in, in the last couple of years. And he's a great director. So Everybody why not? Everybody in town loves him, and it was, it what was are just the... a, it's, and it's so hard to get a pilot episode. Yeah. Yes. Right. Or maybe That's not right, so but, but, but to entice us in a pilot. there's so much ground you have to cover. There's yep. so many characters you have to introduce. There, you have to introduce the world. And still be compelling enough for people to come on and, and I think I think that's the key to why the pilot was successful. Is is the introduction of the world yep. was so important and there was a level of bombast and an expanse and style and sweeping camera moves and that Scorsese does so well because he's very theatrical in his approach to his directing. Yeah. And that that sort of introduced that world so well. I mean personally it's like Van Patten's and Terence Winter's more still dark direction that I enjoyed the most during the season. Yep. You, you love those dark characters, Paul. You I just do. Them I do. I love but, them too. But, you know, Scorsese did that job so well. 
So he'll probably win. I think he will. Plus, his experience helps that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah and I don't think it's just because of his name. No, he I did mean, a great I, I job. I think that does give weight to it, yeah. of course, because, you know, people who, who might be sitting under a rock somewhere and haven't seen the shows or maybe, you know, only cursory looks at them, looks at look at the ballot and go, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, when, but, it's but, also when you look at the ballot and there's Scorsese's name on it <laughs> next to a bunch of other directors... Right. Who, who may be very well known in the TV world yes. in right. terms of their directing skill and they're there for a reason but you may not know them just being a member of the Academy of TV and right. Watsies exactly. you go for Scorsese <laughs> and you might be afraid not to you might be afraid not I mean. to because yeah. maybe maybe the Academy Police are watching and monitoring the balance it could be, it could be. <laughs> anyway Definitely. this is how I want to start the, the, the rest of our conversation about this season what I found so interesting by going back over this season in the, this week was perhaps this idea how one act one act of a man one sin one crime can come back to haunt you later on this act that Buscemi did when he took 13-year-old Gillian to the Commodore, walked her into basically what was an act of rape and pedophilia. Right. He took her, as she says to, to Jimmy, he took me to her. And that guilt that has propelled him into bringing up Jimmy. And then Jimmy finding that out and turning against him. And really the way when you look back over the, ep- the season, you see that that one act that Jimmy took, that crime with Al Capone killing those guys and then turning Rothstein, all the other gangsters against Nucky and, and, and beginning this spiral down, like as amongst all sorts of other things, but how that act that act of taking that girl to that man that created that child and that child then coming back to be the guy that when you're at your height of power does one thing that you could arguably say was the inciting incident in this first season to begin his downward spiral, spiral, turn Rothstein and all those other boys against him. I love that writing. It's like, like that, how is that, am I DC reading that? too much into this? No, I don't no, think you are at all. No. But one of the things I think is fascinating about it is a lot of the, a lot of this we don't know until, you know, much later in the season. That's right. So that's what's brilliant about it is all of these layers and layers and layers that have been laid in through all the episodes that we're going to and then we jump you know when do we when do we meet um uh jimmy's mom it's, it's, it's oh, late in the first episode or in the second yeah, episode yeah when she goes yeah. and jumps on him yeah and we're like and, and he's cheating on there's so many layers going on here and that's what i think the brilliance is of shows like this and yeah. this show in particular. the slow burn yeah the exactly. slow burn and and what is what does Jimmy say? There are those two, if you've seen, there was this great recap that I certainly pilfered from this week on HBO, an 18-minute interview with Terrence Windsor, yeah. um, no which was absolutely terrific. And it, there are a couple of important quotes from characters. That's yeah, I want to know. I'm fascinated. When Jimmy says really early on, and when you look back at him, he's got his little cap on and he looks so much younger than he does by the end where he's more grown up and yeah. violent. Yeah. But and Paul, he says to Nucky, you can't be half a gangster. And that's and that's what I was talking about, about the reluctant hero before yeah. we, we had our other right. segment. Yeah, he is a reluctant hero. You cannot be half a gangster. And, and, and if, if being just a gangster... Well, 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 yeah, hero they're, they're villain, anti-heroes, though, aren't they? They're all kind they're of all anti-heroes. Villains. They are villains, yeah. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking about this today, this whole thing with the, the 13-year-old girl and how like how awful these people are, and yet I root for them. Right. I, I like them. 
somehow they the see the series creates empathy. I know. The other go. I would I would even put your favorite character um, Van, Van Alden Van Alden as as a hero because there's nothing reluctant about him. He is he is totally self-assured in his mission and what he needs to accomplish. Although although he sometimes executes it in a sociopathic yeah, yeah, I'm not, way. I'm not exactly yeah. sure I agree with your your definition of hero, but I would say you know. Uh, conflicted. He's, he's incredibly conflicted, Hero of the story, this story? Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of hero in regarding their own personal narrative. Uh, okay, then yes. Okay. And so, so sure. a man regarding his own personal narrative is either a reluctant hero or a hero. Uh-huh. And then Alton okay. is certainly a hero. Yeah, whereas like in kind of Joseph reluctant. Campbell mythic journey okay, senses. And also I'm just going to say that being the villains, we see throughout in their personal time how there's little bits of good that you could say are good. That's the, right. Like the little bits of Lenses. kindness, yeah. But and so you see it, you want them to be, you know they could be a good person. Yeah. And then they go and shoot everyone in a room. They're always kept they're always really particular about layering in those moments yes. for every character, right? Yeah. Uh, just the other the other quote was from from Bashemi back to Jimmy. Uh, we have to decide what sins we can live with. Well, and that's actually what I was going to talk about when you were, ju- you were just leading into it. Because there's, you know, they're humans, so they have to deal with the humanity. They have relationships with people, and it's always this fine line between um, I have to take care of my wife or I have to take care of my family, but I'm going to kill another guy's family. Or I'm going to kill yeah. the provider for another family. Mm-hmm. And so it's this this constantly shifting set of, of morals and values for these And, and Ma- Margaret Schroeder's journey is very interesting on that level. Coming yes. from a, you know, strict Irish Catholic upbringing where she finds herself compromising her... Her integrity, integrity yes. for her family. Yes, yes. it's really interesting. I, I was fortunate enough to uh, audition to play her brother in the second season. Oh wow! Which was awesome. I sadly didn't get it, um, and I, 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 you know, I don't think I probably can go into anything that I read for whatever copyright reasons. But right. um, would just wouldn't want to risk it. I don't know. But you do meet. We do get to meet where, some of where she's from. That's really interesting. And it's really interesting. It's really fascinating to see oh to see that. So that'll that'll be coming in season two. There's Every an character, After Buzz exclusive. After Buzz nice. exclusive. Every character has a backstory that right. makes them like Tamara and I watch intervention and with everyone. Or some people were like, I get why they're yeah. doing they're this. Yeah, yeah, Created I, I by get a bus. It. And actually, Tam, you know, we're, we're going on to Breaking Bad later this afternoon. When you when you think of the two series, these two se- series uh, yeah. next to each other, there's an element of Breaking Bad in... in okay. a, I was actually thinking about that as I was watching exactly this, going way. back over the episodes this morning. Yeah. There's, you know, because, again, with that speaking of, you know, what are the sins we can live with, the compromises that that each of these characters make, the you know the heroic reasons for which they make these choices, it's there's definitely. A and what's so what's so great about these descents into or down? Let's not say into what, but yeah. <laughs> from here, from here to here, is a compromise you can justify to yourself. You can yeah, rationalize. Right. Then you're here. 
So then, when the opportunity arises to go to here, it's still not that very big. That's not a very big step. You right. can rationalize that to yourself. And right. these keep happening. And then all of a sudden, you look back, and this is how far you've gone. Yeah. And that's that's what these shows really do so well. And that's part of those slow reveal and the onion layers peeling back and... What other metaphors? Can I know. We think I feel like of? we need to get like an ethics professor in here to like. <laughs> I'd love to, <laughs> to talk about. You want to know something? Because like grad, because I graduated, I cheated on like every ethics test, and I was like, this is ironic. <laughs> every single one. You get your degree in ethics? No. Oh, God, no. Okay. It was a. It was a. By the way, ethics them. teacher, I didn't do that online. What What about you girls? What were your favorite? Did you have a favorite moment? A favorite character? turning point or storyline that defined the season for you? My favorite episode and and forgive me because I can't remember the director's name but it's the episode in which Nucky goes to his childhood home. That's mine too. Yes, I, was gonna I say love it's that. Episode seven. It's With episode Eli. seven. Yeah. And, and it's probably I, Van Patten. I it expect is. it was it's, Van Patten. It's Tim Van Patten. I mean, I just love a lot of the symbolism. I love that... Um, Margaret Schroeder's little boy is there, although that's symbolizing Nucky. And they just, at the end of that, they just burn the house down. I and, love that. And the camera pulls away <laughs> with Schroeder's little boy and Nucky, both really one and the same person at that moment, yep. looking at that house burning and having kind of conquered anything that had, re- had, had occurred with his father. And it was just... It, it, it has to be my favorite episode. That's so great. well done. For me, the reason why that was the episode for me was because they were kind of laying the groundwork up until then to me, and 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 I was, you know, I was with the characters, but not really um, connecting with them so much. It was still sort of information coming at me. And in episode seven, called Home, it was all about like everything connecting within, you know, within people's childhoods and and that sort of thing. And then that was where I really started understanding Margaret a little yeah. bit as well. It's like it's 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 that point in a series, and it's kind of funny. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to. We just in Breaking Bad, we just had a backstory episode of a key character, Gus. Yes. And it comes at a similar similar point in the season, and yeah. it does a similar thing. It, it shows us something in the past about one of these about a core central character that explains so much about who they are right. and why they do what they right. do. Right. And it, it was an interesting slow burn to me this series. I mean, it was Kevin argued relentlessly with me at the time, as he's wont to do, um, and that's why we love him. Um, but it took me a few episodes to really get hooked in. And in fact, Terence Winter, I feel slightly vindicated because Terence Winter in this um, interview that I read um, with Deadline Hollywood talked about, I, can't, I don't know where it is, but he talked about it taking a few episodes to work out what, this, what the series was going to be. I think even for them making it in terms of the set pieces, the action sequences. And I, I felt that. But with most great things, like with most great albums, like basically every Radiohead album, it takes five listens to, to realize the genius that you're dealing with. Definitely. Now, so now, what was your Turning Point episode? Turning Point episode? I'd focus more on one of my favorite... Uh, I mean, I think in terms of... I tend to agree with you in terms of the arc of the season with that. But I, I, as already men- mentioned, as, and as Bethany pointed out, I, I love Michael Shannon in this. Yeah. Van Alden fascinated me every single step of the way. Indeed. And there were a couple of key moments for me in that. Um, and they were that was the torture scene where he tortures the guy into telling oh, him about Jimmy. Yeah. Where we just, yes. where we just see he has been so late. It's everything all been so latent. And then there's a gas leak. 
Yeah. And then the self-flagellation. I mean, that was just I know. as the obsession grows with Margaret. I was just thinking about that. Um, and I just, I just think. Oh, I love Michael Shannon and his career has really exploded since Boardwalk. I mean, he's been working his whole career, but he's got a bunch of movies coming out, and I just think it's fantastic because he was just—I just can't wait to see what happens with him. Yeah. The other thing, just as a B story that I loved, was Richard Harrow, the um, half man with the oh, half yeah. face, oh, um, played by uh, Jack Houston, a British actor who is—I've um, had the pleasure of meeting a few times. He is like, just like, unfairly good looking. Um, like with just like perfect uh, little like goatee and like swashbuckling looks okay. like you know you put him up against Orlando Bloom right. he'd probably take him off right. of wow. the, you know the perch That's just charming so or whatever and wow. he just seeing him the voice the vocal work yeah. and just that character and what he represents I think is this kind of strange partner yeah. to Jimmy Darmody I loved that and looking forward he clearly has a lot to do in the next season at yes. least some exciting action things with guns and I, I just thought that was a, I loved that and I yeah. mean when we did the talk when we talked about it we talked about what that that physical thing deformity yeah. and that mask meant you know for all the characters and we've geeked out on it basically Margaret at first and her kids and that's just says all of this stuff, but I, my favorite episode. If yeah. you weren't done, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. My favorite episode. I agree with all of you, but when that woman, that lived, her neighbor, actually tells her flat out that she is a concubine, and someone tells her, you know, it's not something hidden or underneath, and right. it's something that finally she has to make the choice has at this to face. point. Have to face it, and that's when she decides to stay. And that's, yeah, that's her the neighbor integrity. who's also in the in next door yes. in a similar situation, yes, right? To yeah. Warren. Yeah. Until he runs out of money. Yeah. And then he had an affair with Nucky too. It's well, that's difficult. right. And you see how she that neighbor gets affected later when she gets when the guy takes on a new 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 chick on the side or something. Anyway. Um, favorite characters, guys. I'm actually really curious because you were talking about the concubine and the women. Um, would we compare Lucy with um, Ms. Schroeder? Because yeah. I, again, I think Lucy is living completely authentically and knows exactly who she is and yes. what role she plays. Yes. Whereas Ms. Schroeder, she's just... You got a bit frustrated with her through the season, I, didn't you? I, I did, and I, and, I, and I still am because she... Um, I. She goes in and out of being honest with herself. Yeah. And what, what, Michelle, what do you think? I did get frustrated with her. Yeah. <laughs> and also, at the same time, yeah. knowing where she's coming from, recently widowed, I see sometimes she stands up for herself. She picks and chooses, chooses her battles. So I'm, when she is, like, intelligent and is, is much, much more articulate than his other concubines, yeah. um, I'm like, yeah, you go, you prove that, you prove them wrong, do all that stuff, and then she completely disappears in some parts. Well, you know, what else she is, though, is uh, conflicted and human and a mother. 
Lucy yeah, exactly. doesn't have the um, the burdens and responsibilities of being a parent. She can look out for herself alone. So her life is uh, less complicated, I, I would say. There's another yeah, element. Actually, say- she's a, she, she is with child, though. Well, but she hasn't been for 11 episodes. <laughs> yeah. there, there is one element as well that sets her apart to me, and that is that she's an intellectual equal of Nucky. Yes. And yes. all the men that she meets. They're yes. perfect together. The way that she, you know, like that she holds and herself. And keep it quiet. No, I, and, and, and so that, that, that is a key, a key, I don't know, a, a reason why I find her intriguing and for, forgive some of I her. I love that. Because Con- being in a, a contradictions. Being a victim of domestic abuse, I'm sure there's a lot of times where she feels like she can't say what she wants right. or stand up for herself, especially against men. But she doesn't have to be one of those beautiful, typically beautiful women to feel confident in what she thinks. Yeah. People, she, she, I, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like her her arc compared to the other characters was the most consistent. Because almost for about, like, five or six episodes, she would, like, get a piece of information from somebody, try that piece of information out on Nucky, and then find her own voice within it by the end of it. And I felt like that just kept consistently happening episode after episode of, like, well, well, maybe I'll try this maneuver, and then then it would backfire on her. Yeah, and I wonder that in this world of heavy corruption and violence that is, is like, that she lives in, she's come out of a system... uh, a situation that you just described, Michelle, where where might is right, where the guy with the fist runs the roost. Right. Nucky takes him out of the way, and she has to fend for herself, and she uses her brains and sometimes her bits yes. to get her further along. And 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 she does. She has a method. There's a method to. There's no real madness. There's a method to it. And yes, that sometimes uh, she isn't being, or maybe that makes her not her authentic self, but she survives. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Is there any character in this series that is not getting their needs met? Uh, I know, it's a tough question. Van Alden's wife? Yes. Right, yeah. Van Alden? Van Alden, thank right. you. I feel I mean, like he's, he's, he's a pit of, of insatiability, basically. Lucy, I think, I think he can by the end of it. Oh, yeah. She's pregnant yeah. now. I think um, Mrs. Schroeder, too. Eli is Eli. never going to get his ends. His, um, needs met. Oh, yeah. Needs a- met. A- Al Capone, to a certain degree, is, is, he's on a is path struggling. Of- I am so excited to see what season two brings for him. I, I spent... Um, some of the summer watching him in Stephen Graham is the actor's name who plays Al Capone in This Is England and if you haven't got a chance to see his other work I beg you to, to go out and watch him he's British he is, right? I yes, really want to watch British This actor. Is England I, I'm just I cannot wait I'm sorry to interrupt you no, you're just like Al Capone you, I cannot wait to see what happens you wouldn't know he was British at all no, no, no it's like as good as Idris um, Idris Salva. Actually, that role was offered to a uh, director named Michael Parenti, um, and he turned it down because Michael's out making films. So I, I just think it's. But I mean, why I, did he turn it down? He, he's making films. All oh, right. You know, he, he 
he has his own schedule to keep, but I just think it's fascinating because... Speaking um, of that character, Terence Winter said in this Deadline interview, and I quote, people know what happened to Al Capone and Lucky Luciano, so you can't go changing that. Right. It was really flattering. The guy who wrote the most recent bio of Al Capone told me that he thought our depiction of him was the most accurate ever on film. Really? Wow. In, That's so in one That's high bi- biographer's opinion. Oh, I also wanted to bring something up. Um, about the acknowledgement of post-traumatic stress from the war. Right. Post-traumatic stress disorder is after the war, he's freaking out. At that point, it was not even acknowledged. It was after World War II was the first time that it had a name. Right. But how much that changed Jimmy and how isolated he became also became part of his character and violence, too. And his anger just was acted out, and he talks about it so much. And it's almost it's almost a security blanket, but uh, of course he can't help it and all that stuff. But I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, they tackle a lot of social issues in this show, yeah. you know, and have and have a little bit of a, a you know a modern look in the sense that we're we're observing it. Yeah, uh, things that were not talked about back then. But I, f- I find it so interesting watching these period pieces, and Mad Men does exactly the same thing yeah. with gender politics. I know. Is that you're watching them through through our modern um, frame where where the where our, our ideas have developed and uh, changed just, just however a bit. and so so you're seeing you we're seeing post traumatic stress which didn't exist then no, that's what exactly. it is but they didn't but have they a didn't verbiage have a name for, for it, it. That's right. but exactly. what it, what it does by looking at it, it also shows you where we haven't grown at all and right. how certainly in terms of mad men certain like gender politics 50s Absolutely. style attitudes go that exists now Exactly. Anyway, look, we come to the end of the show. Yes. Already. I know. Yes. I cannot I know. believe I it. More things to say. So many more things. In terms of news and gossip, the only thing, something oh, to yeah, know yeah, is that, uh, that this is really very fast and fleeting. Is that um, Paz de la Huerta, who plays Lucy, was arrested in March because she um, she threw a glass at Samantha Swetra, who's like a New York. Fashionista, they fought over a guy. It just sounded perfect to me. It did. Wow, that's just working, doing a little character work. I know. Um, Really. So look, uh, thanks everyone for tuning into AfterBuzz TV, coming to you live from the Gifting Suites for the Emmy Awards this weekend. Uh, You can find us on ustream.tv slash afterbuzztv facebook.com slash afterbuzztv www.afterbuzztv.com iTunes, Ustream, we're there we've got more shows coming today ladies, this has just been a dream come true for me, sitting with this kind of a panel I mean, this is pretty unfortunate (laughs) now just quickly one word, is Steve Buscemi going to win Best Actor? Michelle? yes, yes, winner Sure, why not? I say no. I think it's going to John Hamm. Okay. Um, <laughs> stick around. Keep watching. Keep listening. Uh, this is AfterBuzz TV Network. We'll catch you later. Catch you later. Bye. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.